Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, I will need you to turn to a very familiar passage that has been misinterpreted. And it has been misinterpreted not just recently, but it's been misinterpreted through the centuries. But I'm going to let you know this morning, I'm not here to preach a message in rebuttal. I'm not here to call anyone out. I'm just here to show you what God's Word says. I don't have to have other sources to go to, and I will refer to them. By the way, you need to be back tonight because we're not going to finish this message this morning. Uh, It's just too much there. And so you be back tonight, uh, and we're going to look at this subject. Are you ready? Are you ready? Now, I know that that uh, is not, if you go to homiletics class that I did take, didn't do too well in it, but I did take it. They told us, never title a message with a question. Well, I did what they told me not to do. Because that leads us to another question, does it not? Are you ready? Ready for what? Now, we use that term quite frequently. Those of us who have uh, a spouse, uh, we use that term a lot. Not trying to dig on the ladies here this morning, but are you ready? Are, are, Are you not ready yet? If you have children, do you not say that? Quite often. Are you ready? Why aren't you ready? Well, this morning, we're asking the question in regards to the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the question for us this morning is, are we ready? Are we ready for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And I want you to know, I believe the Word of God is quite clear, is that it can happen at any time. We could be out of here before this service is over this morning. And so the question for you, are you ready? Well, I heard heard someone else preach that there's no such thing as a rapture. Well... I understand that. I'm not, well, I did get upset about it uh, when I did hear about it, but uh, I've calmed down and I'm not mad at anyone. But we need to see, if we're going to have a teaching, we need to be able to back it up consistently all the way through the Scriptures. You can't just pull a Scripture here and a Scripture there we got to be consistent in what we are learning from God's Word. God's Word is in order. God's Word is consistent all the way through. And so it's going to take a time to develop this. Bear with me, but I think it's very important for us to understand why we believe. And when I say we, I believe I can speak for this church. I believe that there is going to be a rapture And it's a pre-trib rapture. I don't believe the Word of God teaches that the church goes through the tribulation period. By the way, I understand there's some think that uh, there's no such thing as a tribulation period. Well, the Word of God is quite clear 
that there is. I believe that the Word of God teaches that it is a seven-year tribulation period. And so, having said all of that, I want you to go. We're in chapter number 4. And we're going to be looking at verse number 13. Now, understand, Paul is writing to the church here. There apparently was some question raised. Now, there are some that said that the early church didn't believe in the rapture where Paul believed in it. And, and, and so the, the, the question here is, what's going to happen to those who've died? See, there were those that were concerned about loved ones that they knew and they were expecting. Paul lived his life expecting that the Lord could come at any time. And, and, and so they were concerned. And so they went to Paul and they said, Paul, what happens to those who have died? And he goes ahead and he tells them this is what's going to be taking place. Now also we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay? So this is not the first time he's talked about this event. Listen to what the Word says. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. Ignorant about what? They're not ignorant about the judgment. They're not not ignorant. All through the Old Testament, the Old Testament was talking about that there's going to be a judgment that's going to come. The wrath of God is going to come and judge the wickedness. There's also been reference that in Matthew chapter 24, where it talks about in the days of Noah... Well, uh, they all don't understand, those that don't believe in the rapture, that that is a beautiful picture of why we do not believe that we're going through tribulation. Because, remember, when he brought the flood, what was that? It was, a, it, it was punishment. It was judgment on a wicked, wicked society. But who was spared that wrath? Noah and his family. See, that's the reason I believe that the church will not go through tribulation. Because tribulation is not for the church. It's for the judgment of those who rejected him. So he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Not concerning the coming of the Lord. They knew about that. But uh, concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not, even so as others which have no hope. See, one of the things that gives us hope and joy is that we are looking for the soon return of Jesus. Here, notice he uses the word asleep. Now, in this text, we'll see that sleep and death, it's interchangeable as it would be. Because we understand that if you die in Christ, you will be resurrected. So there's two things that we're going to see this morning. The other two we're going to look at tonight. First of all, when we're dealing with this event called the rapture, we see that it's built on two bedrock. First of all, the death of Christ. And the second is the resurrection of Christ. Also, we're going to see the revelation of Christ. 
and also the plan. So all four of these has to be involved in this text. And so he goes on. He says that we don't sorrow like those who have no hope. He says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Now notice here, uh, and, and we'll see it a little bit more in detail tonight, that this revelation that was given to Paul was from God. He didn't consult commentaries. He didn't consult a book that somebody wrote. He consulted God. He heard from God. And that's our intent. This is not Mike's opinion on this, but this is why I believe that the Word of God clearly teaches that there is an event called the rapture and it could happen at any time. And so he goes on and says that we which are, and and he says uh, you uh, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself. Now here again, hadn't even gotten to the text, but I'm just showing you just from the word of God How contrary, if you say that there's no such thing as a rapture and tribulation, it's contrary to the Word of God. It says, for the Lord Himself. When you go to Revelation, He's not coming by Himself. He's coming with the saints of God. Two distinct events here. And the problem that some people have is they try to lump it all together. It is very distinct. And we're going to show parallel here. And so here, notice, it's just the Lord Himself that's coming. Now, how is He coming? He shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Now, stop there. They say that... That's the, uh, the trump. Oh, that, uh, that, that, that means that he's announcing his coming. Understand, if I'm not mistaken, at least 114 times, I believe, trumpets are made mention in the Word of God. You have trumpets for a call to worship. You have trumpets blown to assemble people or gather people. You have a trump uh, that's also uh, is blown for victory. You're also, we'll see, and we see it in Revelation, where there will be seven trumpets, and those are trumpets of judgment. Notice here, he says, trump, sing it, just one. He's not announcing uh, a judgment. He's announcing that he's coming. Also, notice, not only is he announcing that he's coming, but he's coming to take his church with him. So, go, and he says, and with the trump of God. By the way, notice here, uh, and when you go to Revelation, it announces that it's trumpet of judgment. 
Nothing mentioned about judgment here. Just the trumpet's going to sound. The trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Now, here again. There are some to discount the meaning of that word. They will say that there's no such thing as rapture. You can't find that word anywhere in there. I'll give them that. But the meaning of the word here comes from in the Latin word. Now, just go ahead on that premise. Okay, rapture's not mentioned. Okay, I'll give you that. But the Trinity's not mentioned by name either. Are we going to go ahead and discount that as well? Do you see where you start getting in problems Oh, with Scripture, when you start to discount what the Word of God says, it opens up, as it's been said before, a can of worms. <laughs> it says, and, 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 they will, and, and, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. We're, we're, in the, we're meeting Him. Here, this event that Paul is talking to them about that he does not want them to be ignorant about is the rapture. He says that we're going to be caught up together in the clouds. Why is that? Because here, as opposed to when he comes in Revelation, he doesn't set foot down. In Revelation, he sets his foot down at the Mount of Olives. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just take the theological lingo and all that kind of mess. Just common sense ought to tell you this is two separate events. And, and then he goes and he says, and that we're going to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, by God's grace, we're going to look very quickly at part number one, Are You Ready? Here again, I want to say again, I'm not here to get in an argument, a theological argument. I'm not here to do that. What I'm here is, first and foremost, is to tell you what the Word of God says. Scripture always interprets Scripture. Don't lose sight of that. The Word of God speaks for itself. I'm not here as apologetic. I'm not here to to defend. I'm just here to preach the Word of God. The Word of God can take care of the rest. But also I'm here because it could very well be there's someone that's lost here this morning. And you need to understand you need to be ready. You need to understand that it could happen just like that. Just set aside the rapture. Set aside the fact that you may take your last breath before you leave this building. And so the question for you this morning is, not where you fall out on, and, and the rapture, uh, not where you fall out on uh, the tribulation. How do you fall out with Jesus? 
Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you been saved? Can you say without a shadow of doubt, if you were to die today or if we were to go up today, would you be in that number? If not, my dear friend, you need to get saved this morning. So having to set the stage, I've already said the Word of God is consistent. Notice in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 1 verse number 10. He says that He's going to deliver us from the wrath to come. What's He mean? Here again, go to Revelation. In the tribulation period, the wrath of God is going to fall upon an ungodly world. He says here, he opened, he's writing to the Thessalonians here. He says that we have been delivered from the wrath to come. Now, he doesn't say that we have been delivered from trials and tribulations. Understand that. He didn't say that we've been delivered from having heartache to come into our life. But he says you have been delivered from the judgment of a holy, righteous God. It's been said that some believe that they don't believe in the rapture and the tribulation is. Oh, well, why would God bring the church out of a big, bad, cruel world? You just answered your own question. Because that we're believers, we have escaped the wrath of God. Somebody ought to praise Him just for that right there. We're no longer condemned. Romans chapter 8 says, we are no longer condemned. Judgment is not for the church. And because of that, because the purpose of the tribulation period and the purpose of the judgment of God falling on them is not to inflict pain upon the church, but to get the attention of an ungodly world and to give them one more chance. By the way, don't take that chance that you can just wait. And if I have to go through that, I'll get saved then and then. Oh, my dear friend, you need to get saved. You need to get saved now. Amen. Today is the day unto salvation. So in, in Thessalonians 1, verse number 10, he says that we've been delivered from the wrath to come. Then we see in uh, chapter number 2, verse number 19, he says, here's where our hope and our joy lies in, in his coming. Notice here, consistent, Paul is uh, is bringing words of encouragement. He's setting the stage for what he's fixing to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Because in 1 Corinthians, Paul tells them that it's a mystery. Why did we see a lot of the early church talking about this? Is because it was a mystery. Mystery, the word means something that was hid but now has been revealed. Paul now is revealing to them what God is going to do. Do y'all y'all catching this? Do you do you see the consistency here through? Now, so, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. Now, right after saying, here again, I mean, common sense just kicks in here. Uh, 
he, he closes out. He says, now comfort one another with these words. Then when you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, and he's talking about the judgment of God now. Okay? Now, just go ahead and look at chapter number 5. And if you read through that, I'm just going to pick out a First of all, he says now, talking about the day of the Lord. Okay? What is he saying about the day of the Lord in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? He says that this event, separated from what he just talked about, that this event will come like a thief in the night. Now, I'm I'm not a thief, but I kind of figured this this is how they operate. If they're going to rob your house... They're going to make sure you're not at home. Most of the times they do come at night. I know they come in the daytime. But they don't go to your door and knock and say, Hey, tomorrow morning when you go off to work, I'm fixing to come into your house and I'm going to steal you blind. They don't do that, do they? Notice Paul is saying that the event that's going to happen during the tribulation period and ends when the, the, when, when the Lord comes, it's going to be like a thief in the night. <clears throat> but also, he goes on as you continue to read, that it's going to be like labor pains. Ladies, you can testify to this that I've been told that when you're getting closer, those contractions get closer and closer. And you know I'm fixing to have a baby, right? Mike, you're so smart, I I know. (laughs) And I didn't even take medical classes. But as you're getting closer to the birth of that baby, they're more intense, are they not? And they come quicker. That is a description when you go to Revelation when the judgment is falling and, uh, and when uh, the plagues and all that that were taking place, they're going to be coming quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. This is separate than what he's talking about in 4 because the rapture, there's no sign. That's the reason why we believe that we are in that day that he could come back. Do you, see, do you see the distinctions between the two? So he sets the stage. Here again, he's trying to answer the question. But what happens to those who, who are, are asleep? What, what happens to those who have died in Christ? I may mention in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, Paul says that this has been a mystery. He says, now I'm letting uh, you know that it has been revealed to me. So now Paul is clearing up. What's going to happen to those who have died in Christ? Are they going to miss the rapture? Paul, as you look at all his writings, and don't have time to go all through that, we can, we can throw all kinds of scriptures where he makes reference. Paul lived in a, a way that he thought he could be taken out of here. Matter of fact, he said it this way. He says, now if, I'm, uh, if I die, I win. He says, but if I uh, remain, that's okay too. 
Because why? Because he had that blessed hope that the Lord Jesus could come at any time. Uh, so uh, having said that, here's the four. Now, first of all, we see that this rapture, uh, I've already alluded to, uh, that uh, the catching up, that we're going to be caught up together. So first of all, we need to see that the, one of the bedrocks of, the, of this teaching is the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Number, verse number 14 says uh, that if you believe... Now notice, he didn't go and give a dissertation of that. It was just very clear. Do you believe? Do you, I mean, do you just take what God's Word says by faith? Do you believe? That's what Paul's asking him. He says, that do we believe that Christ died for us? This morning, we need to understand that you uh, and I are saved because of the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He died in your place. But the Bible says that we died, uh, and when we come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we die in Christ. And so here, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says that all the sins of the world came upon Him. Didn't come in Him, came upon Him. That means that you died with Christ. He took your sin, He took my sin, He took the sins of the world, and He died. And if we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, that means that our sins have been canceled because of the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because we have died in Christ. Now, under what's significant about that, we're dealing with this event that we're calling the rapture. Well, we see that, uh, notice he says, the dead in Christ. He didn't say everybody. He said the dead in Christ. That, uh, that, that, uh, it's the little things that trip people up. Just take that. He says, who's going to be resurrected? The dead in Christ. And those of us, remember he's writing to the church, that we remain will not hinder them going up with us. Where are we going? Going to heaven. There's no such thing as a purgatory. There's no holding cell there. When the rapture takes place, the dead in Christ will bust out of the graves and those of us who are going to be alive will not hinder them and we'll be up going up together. Well, wait a minute. I thought when we died that we'd be with, we're with Jesus. You're right. You're so spirit. Paul said it this way, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So what happens here at this event is the bodies get out of the graves. Oh, Brother Mike, what about those who have been cremated? I've had people ask. Ain't no big thing. Because the Bible tells 
that we came out of the dust and will return as dust. He'll go ahead and put that, if your loved one's being cremated or you decide to be cremated at the day of the rapture, he knows where every little speck's going to be. If you've been uh, cast into the sea, he's going to put all of that together and your bodies will be, and then our souls will unite with our bodies and then the glorification takes place. Go to the Revelation. When he sets foot, this is totally separated from this. So the dead in Christ. Notice the word is interchangeable between sleep and death. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I kind of like to take those naps. I kind of like to sleep. Yesterday, I, had some, I was doing some things uh, here in the office, and I got home, and I thought, man, I need to get my yard cut. So I, I'm, I'm cutting my yard, and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry up before it gets dark. And uh, I have to go over mine twice because I don't see well, and I miss places. And so, I, you know, it takes me a little longer than uh, other people. But I, I went ahead, and I cut the grass. And uh, that morning I got up, and for some reason I was feeling pretty, uh, pretty energetic. And I went and walked and uh, got, got in took a shower and you know about 10 o'clock it was over <laughs> I was in that recliner and I was back there and I said boy this sure does feel good and I fell asleep my granddaddy used to say it this way he says I gotta rest before I go to bed <laughs> I know exactly what he's talking about now <laughs> so uh, but but I I enjoy sleep okay it's good to get in your own bed and, you know, and all that. Well, notice here that the word death and sleep is interchangeable. The death of one that has trusted Jesus Christ is their personal Lord and Savior. Psalms tells us in Psalms 23 that we don't have any fear that we walk through the shadow of the valley of death. Shadows can't hurt you. My dear friend, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and when you die, ain't no big thing. You're just asleep. This is what this is referring to here. And so the bodies are going to be raised. Why is that? Because uh, they have died in Christ, uh, and we have died in Christ. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, also uh, makes mention uh, of this as well. Now, the second uh, pillar uh, or bedrock, if you will, pertaining to this teaching that there is going to be a, a rapture and it is going to be pre-trib, which means it will take place before uh, the tribulation period is the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 23, it says that Christ is the first fruits. That means he was, uh, he was resurrected first. And then he goes and he says, And those who are, are, are in Christ will follow. And so we're promised that we will have a... If you die before Jesus comes back, uh, you will be resurrected. There will be a resurrection of your body. Now notice here, he says that... Uh, what has this to be about? It says, at His coming. When is this? At His coming. 
We also see it in Romans chapter 6, verse number 3. He says, Do you not know that you have been, that you've been baptized uh, in Christ, and that you have been immersed in his death? And because of that, because we are, are, are uh, died in Christ, we also will be resurrected as Christ. Amen. When is that? Here at the rapture. But then it says, uh, uh, but what does this all have to do? We also see that 1 Corinthians 6 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about this. that We've been dead and we'll be re- uh, resurrected. Now, <clears throat> John chapter 14. J- John chapter 14. Now watch. Remember, we've got to be consistent. Already he has set the stage in the opening of his letter to Thessalonians. Right? Talked about, he says, we're going to be delivered from the wrath. And then we see that when he gets to chapter 5, uh, he says that there's coming a, another event. And this event will, uh, will have plenty of warning signs. Okay? At the beginning of uh, uh, tribulation, there will be sign after sign after sign after sign after sign. Okay? Matter of fact, the Word of God even tells us the length of the tribulation period. Here at the rapture, it's no sign. I mean, we're going around and we're just uh, doing our, our thing, and then all of a sudden, bam, it can happen. Okay? So, uh, in John chapter 14, John chapter 14 is a fulfillment of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Remember, Jesus himself said, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. He says, I mean, uh, there, uh, uh, there are many uh, rooms and many mansions. And he says, and I'm going to go and prepare a place that where I am, there you may be also. John chapter 14 says that he's coming again. But notice here in John chapter 14, it does not say anything about judgment. Nowhere is found. We also see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it doesn't say anything about judgment. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 that we just read this morning, it doesn't say anything about judgment. So uh, they say, well, I'll need Scripture to back it up. John 14 backs it up. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, and also 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 all align. It's showing very distinctly it's two separate events. Now, moving onward. We see that because it's two separate events, how do we know that? Well, and the second coming, all through the Old Testament, that's the reason why Paul told them not to be ignorant. He's not telling them about the second coming. They understood that. Zechariah chapter 14 verses 1 through 21 talks about that. We also see it's found in Matthew chapter 24 verses 29 through 31. It's talking about the second coming. We also see it in Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 27. It's talking about 
the second coming. In Revelation chapter 19, we see it's talking about the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But also notice in Matthew 24, because that's a text that they like to go to. Matthew 24 verses 41 or 42 through 44. Very interesting words here. Jesus, remember in 24, Jesus is trying to lay out what's going to be coming up. And in chapter 24, the verses that I just quoted to you, He says, keep watch. Now, go back. Tie it in. Remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, He will come like a thief in the night. Now he's telling us in Matthew 24 to keep watch. He's talking about the second coming. Because there's nothing to watch at the rapture. There's no warning signs. There's no red flags flowing. All we have is that the Word of God tells us it's coming. Matter of fact, it says, and no one knows the time. When you go to Revelation, it's pretty well lined up the time frame. Why would he tell us to keep watch? He's telling us to keep watch because he could come at any moment. Do you see how this is all starting to connect now? Here again, this is just just taking the Word of God for what the Word of God's saying. By the way, uh, those who hear that there's no tribulation or no rapture, uh, they'll tell you that revelation is mostly symbolic. They don't take it literal. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and show my ignorance. I take it literal. The Word of God, when God says it, God means what He says. I don't know why we have to make the Word of God so complicated. He makes it as clear as He can to us because He wants us to get it. Here's the problem. We have theologians and we have all these other so-called scholars that will muddy the waters up. And the reason why they most of all wanting to muddy the waters up is so that it's just a paw of Satan. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Satan wants you to be confused on this matter. Because if he confuses you on this matter, then you're not going to be watching. You're not going to be understanding that you could leave this world at any time. Satan wants to trip you up and to hinder you. And so here, uh, Jesus says, you just need to watch because uh, you don't know when I may come. Now, when you get to the second coming of Christ, we see there are some things that are very distinctive. We'll know. Now, we won't know because we're not going to be there. But just go ahead and and just for uh, argument's sake, I guess... Okay, we're going to go through it. Well, we've read the Word of God. And we're going to see, okay, there's going to be one called the Antichrist. He's going to be known all around the world. We're going to know Him as He is, right? So, I mean, all right, all right, there's the Antichrist. And and then we also see the rebuilding of the temple. That's got to take place as well, does it not? 
If you, if you go to the book of Revelation. And so here we are, same we are, which we're not because we're going to be gone. All right, we're saying, okay, here's this world leader who's very charismatic. Some of you have already named the Antichrist, and that's been done for years and years. It was Adolf Hitler at one time, and some thought it was Obama, and then there are some that are not even believers, think Trump's the Antichrist, you know. And so everybody has these guests. We'll know exactly, but he will... But we are seeing prototypes. It's going to be very charismatic. He's going to sign a peace treaty. He's going to bring everybody together. He's going to allow uh, uh, for the sacrificial system, the temple to be rebuilt. So, So we can see very distinctly, this is the tribulation period, right? We're to be watching... Because we do not know when He's going to come and get us. Now, I know there's other questions. Oh, we don't have time sake, but tonight we're going, to, we're going to see about the trumpets. We're going to see uh, some other things. We're going to use uh, some of those who said uh, that, have, uh, that are scholars. We're going to see where uh, they got that wrong as well. Just give you a tease. Those who do not believe in rapture said it was, uh, that it was uh, uh, really brought into existence by a man by the name of Darby. <clears throat> Where they're wrong. You've got to go even further back. It was a Jesuit priest. Grant Jeffries, you might not know him, but he did 10-year study on did the, did the Old Testament teach about the rapture. He found, as he uh, did 10 years of study, a Jesuit priest had made mention in some of his writings about the rapture. We've already said that Paul believed in it. And now he's trying to teach the church at Thessalonica, you don't need to worry about those who've died. They're not going to miss this event. Here again, are you ready is the question. Well, Brother Mike, I'm still not, I'm still haven't bought into all this. You need to be back tonight. We're going to give you what I believe even more from the Word of God that says this is going to happen. Now, before we go into invitation, we also need to, there are some who believe in the rapture, but they believe it's going to happen in different. Some believe in the pre-trib, and, and that's what we believe. Some believe it's going to be at the midpoint, at three and a half years into the tribulation period. Here again, First Thessalonians kind of puts a hole in that thought because he says, I'm going to deliver you from the wrath to come. Okay? And then there are some that believe in post-trib, which really makes no sense to me, that, why, okay, why wait to be raptured up because it's like we're going to be a U-turn if you believe that. Okay, the church goes through and then we're raptured up and then wham, we come right back. 
Does, does that, I mean, that, that's what you've got to believe if you're, you're post-trib, does it not? I mean, what is, what is Jesus is kind of playing a joke with you, you know? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rapture you up, but as soon as you get about midair, I'm going to say, okay, we've got to go back down. What I'm saying is there's different views in all of this. Here again, I understand that, but all we're wanting you to do is just take God's Word for what God's Word says about this matter. You don't need to go and get, get, your, uh, get locked and loaded so you can't wait till you see somebody that doesn't believe in so you can blast them out of the water. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is that first and foremost is that if someone's here today does not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to understand there's an event that's coming that could happen any time and you need to get saved. Our purpose is to also to bring hope and to bring joy to someone who's struggling. You're going through some trials and tribulation, and you're thinking, my oh, man, what? Oh, you just hang on because at any time he could go ahead and call us out of here. Our purpose is to not to point fingers and tell them they're a bunch of dodos and all that. Our purpose is for us to know what the Word of God says, to stand upon the Word of God, and live by the Word of God. You're here today. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to get saved today. You're here today. And you know you're saved. You're securing your salvation. But maybe you've gotten a, a little confused, maybe. You just go to the Word of God. And we're here to help you, to show you the consistency of what the Word of God teaches. And But many of you are fired up. You're ready to go ahead and you're ready to go ahead and nail them. You're, 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 you're getting everything you can. You're thinking, whoa, I can't wait till I see that sister. Oh, I can't see that brother. I'm going to blast them out of the water. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to say to them, the Word of God defends itself. The Word of God interprets the Word of God. And if that's what you want to believe, okay. But I'm just sticking with what the Word says.